As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Everybody and welcome to your favorite fantasy. Oh, maybe it's not your favorite anymore. Fantasy baseball in fifteen has started again with El Melchior. But uh, yeah, right. So I think it's your favorite. I think if you're listening, it's your favorite. Your favorite fantasy baseball show, not featuring El Melchior or Ritcheroli. It's under the radar. Joining me as always, uh, my friend and yours, Ian Khan. Hello, my friends. Your friend of mine, Dirk. What's going on, guys? DVR sent you package. Did you get it? What? Maybe. It didn't come yesterday. It's something I was supposed to send him two years ago. Oh, well, a year, a year ago. Sorry, now. Isn't that terrible? I just sounded like a like a like a jealous little boy. Whoa, 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 a package? I don't know. A package? I, would, I, I mean, do that to you. there's 63 inches of snow on the ground, so it's not like I would get my package. Amateur hour. You know, someone who's friend, Dr. Thomas Scott, this is like a sneeze. This is like a flurry to us people. You know, Dr. Thomas Scott and I were in contact because DVR, the best commissioner in fantasy baseball, uh, put out Maki over the last couple of days. And so Dr. Thomas Scott and I began our uh, conversation and we're going to have to have a kind of tough talk because uh, finished first two years ago, first year in the league, finished second last year, made a run for it in a seven, I think it's 17 team league. Um, and I think this year we might have to do a slate little, I don't know. I'm not sure. Might have to rebuild a little bit. So I'm going to have to talk to Tom about it. I don't know, man. Might- Someone with uh, kids, you don't want to piss off a pediatrician, right? Well, I wouldn't piss them off. It's right. fun. Rebuild, re- <laughs> a rebuild in a league like this is so much fun because it gives you, you know, you, you've got one year of Trevor Story left for like 13 bucks. You can get a lot for that. Get a year of Luke Voigt for eight bucks. You can get a lot for that, you know? Uh, I mean, does it depend? Does, it, does anyone care where... where- Trevor Story lands. I mean, this obvious, you know, next guy to be traded kind of thing. Is that a is that factoring into anything? I guess twenty eight thirty isn't as good as thirty seven thirty, <laughs> but it's still pretty good. I think Trevor Story is going to be fine. I mean, I think so too. But I mean, how fine? You know, like what price is Trevor Story? Like, well, if he goes to Minnesota, um, not the same Trevor Story as Colorado. Yeah, probably in batting average more than anything, but. Um, I, I think they're probably going to keep him. I think they're probably going to try to extend him. I'm super excited about 
all sorts of Garrett Hampson people and all sorts of Brendan Rodgers and Ryan McMahon opportunities. There's a lot of good stuff going on in Colorado from a fantasy baseball perspective. From a baseball perspective, it's a it's a it's a flaming dumpster fire. Your boy got a couple Ryan McMahon autograph rookie cards before the trade. Who so did? me. Who's your boy? That's uh, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Give me more. Could it be DVR? DVR is very on the sly uh, card collector, so Although I heard, I haven't listened to this episode of Rates and Barrels, but I heard that Joe Ryan, who I know DVR is hot for as a as a card collector, that Eno is sort of like, yeah, no, don't do that, Joe Ryan. <laughs> is that true? Is, that, is true? that true, DVR? Is that true, DVR? Yeah, he said he might end up in the bullpen and secondaries aren't good enough, so I, I don't know. Does that change your, I couldn't wait to ask you this, does that change your uh, your Joe Ryan buy? No, he's still cheap. The Rays are good at developing pitching, and look, he's got a good fastball. He has command. Maybe he finds an above-average secondary. That's the key, right? He needs a pitch to get swings and misses other than the fastball. If he can find one of those, he can exceed expectations. So I'm still in on Joe Ryan. Well, now expectations just went down because Eno Saris, one of the best minds in pitching, just went, nah. I, I got a message from Robert Mershak ah, saying, you know, because we traded Joe Ryan last August for Nathan Uvalde straight up saying uh, Eno Saris just broke DVR's heart on rates and barrels about Joe Ryan. That's what he wrote. Something to that effect. I like this. Thanks, DVR, for making me waste my 495 plus ship. Did you buy Did you buy a Joe Ryan? Yeah, I got a Joe Ryan. I did end up getting a Joe Ryan. It showed up in the mail. I, I don't know why it didn't show up or I thought I didn't, but I did. That's my. It was a package I sent you. Uh, all right, here we go. <laughs> that was not. It was returned just from Virginia. So very clever of you. Thank you very much. Um, by the way, uh, I don't want to get too. Well, you know, no. Let's talk about the show. Let's just do the show, and other stuff will come up naturally. Um, this I wrote the rundown very angels heavy, kind of accidentally. But uh, yikes! Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, that's you know what they're interesting because they're they're right now as of right now they're six man pitching rotation after bringing in Alex Cobb is like the most, I think, A, kind of boring, but B, like all of these pitchers in this maybe six-man rotation, Heaney, Bundy, Quintana, uh, Cobb, Canning, Otani, have so much upside and then just so much kind of like boringness attached to them. Um, is it, I mean, like, DVR, let's wow. talk, you haven't really said much yet. Is this rotation something you, you can't get excited about, but you can actually see the upside in is like, Maybe just a bunch of anchors outside of Dylan Bundy. I still think Dylan Bundy's high strikeout, a lot of fun. But Heaney, Bundy, Quintana, Cobb, Canning, Otani, it seems like if you took all their best seasons and put them together, awesome. But if you got to start picking and choosing angels for your fantasy team, it's kind of like, you know, I hope that I get their best and not their, you know, 4.85 season. Yeah, it looks for, for the mix of names you see there, there's high risk, high reward with Otani. There's kind of proven quality innings with guys like Quintana, even if he's not the guy that he was at his best, he's a, a decent four or a five from a major league Yeesh. perspective. Like he's, Love you. No. He's going to chew Love up you. innings. Like that's what he's going to do, right? They need that. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't okay, know if we yeah. should be excited about him for our teams, but it, it fills a need for them because with Otani, they need six starters. And I think they actually have seven or eight who could be good enough if you count back-end guys like Berea and Sandoval. But my problem here is that Andrew Heaney, the projections always come out better than expected, and he fails to meet them. Griffin Canning, unfortunately, has had some arm stuff that hasn't led to Tommy John yet, but you just feel like it's a lingering concern with him. 
Otani coming off of two starts last season in which he had no command. You wonder if they're at that point where they may bump him from pitching and just say, you're a great hitter. How about you just hit 155 or 160 games a year for us and and be a, a second round player in 2022 because you hit a ton. That's in the range, but he pitched really well upon arrival in 2018. So I could see it all working out. I think the problems I have here, Bundy's kind of expensive. You're, you're paying maximum price for Bundy coming off a great shortened season. Heaney always disappoints us. Canning has the arm stuff. Quintana's not the pitcher he used to be. Cobb, when are you going to use him in a mixed league? I think he's an AL-only league guy for now and kind of a wait and see. Maybe you stream him or use him for two-start weeks or something. It's just a really tough group of players to get interested in from a fantasy perspective, even though it could sort of keep the team afloat from a real-life perspective. Ian, got anything here? I mean, you're, this is your... Yeah, I, I got lots. Um, I, I, uh, I, I wouldn't call it boring when Shohei Otani is there. If uh, you want unf- right, take him out though, and that's a boring group of pitchers. Uh, yeah, and Quintana. I, I remember watching Quintana. It was two years ago, and I ended up dropping him in a dynasty league. Like I just dropped him because I saw him pitch a outside curveball to Pete Alonso that Pete Alonso just poked over the right field fence, and it was so easy. And it just looked. I went, oh, that's the changing of the guard right there, where Quintana no longer can do it, and is going to get slammed by these new batters. Right. So I, I'm sort of off Quintana though. I, there's ups, there's decent upside as a SP seven, maybe SP eight. Um, Cobb interests me quite a bit more than he did in Baltimore because of that, that ballpark. Um, Heaney, I, I, a lot of what DVR said is dead on right. The one thing I will say is two things. Otani does interest me as a pitcher because if you go back and look at his very first season, in 2018, when he was the pitcher for the first, before he got hurt, he was as good as Tanaka was when he first came over. Tanaka now back in Japan, as we had discussed, was a very real possibility. I think he could find his way back. Uh, so that's kind of exciting. I also think a six-man rotation is the future, except for the team that signs Trevor Bauer. So which which there's some future, talk. Like Trevor- for this year or the future forever? future for going forward. I think a six-man rotation is what they do in Japan. I think it I think it makes a lot of sense. Maybe it'll keep your pitchers healthier with that extra day of rest. I mean, we look at Zach Plezak and the difference for him between pitching on four days rest and pitching on five or six days rest, and it was extreme. So when when is the when is the next Tampa Bay Rays move or some team that wants to be like the Rays and just say, you know what, we're going with a six-man rotation? I, I just think that that's in our future. I think pitchers are so delicate. Um, just because what they do, their job is so freaking hard. So, uh, you know, it's, it brings up all sorts of exciting stuff. I do like Alex Cobb. I'm thinking him ale only for sure. Even a 20 team, I could see Cobb coming through and being somewhat valuable in the next couple of years. I mean, when I say that, I mean like an SP eight kind of value, not like an SP two or three. So, and it's a reminder to do sit-ups with, have my son do sit-ups. Okay. Um, so How, did we that's do this the same time two weeks ago. Yeah. Or last week? Sorry, last week. Is that this is going to be a normal? <laughs> it's going to be is a regular be occurrence on the show now? <laughs> Sorry about that. I might have to change that reminder. It's a daily reminder. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting. And what I noticed in looking at the fan graphs page, since we're talking about the Angels today, is that Jared Walsh right now is penciled in as the right fielder. If you are a Jared Walsh owner in Dynasty Leagues or Keeper Leagues, which I am quite a bit of, that's very exciting. That's super exciting. You think that'll last? 
Yeah, well, I think it'll last long enough for him to get eligibility there. I think he, it looks like he'll split his time maybe a little bit between outfield and first base. So if he gets that outfield eligibility, I don't know, uh, Nando, DVR, are you guys fans of Jared Walsh the way I'm kind of fans of Jared Walsh? Apparently not. DVR? I don't think the playing time holds up all season because I still have confidence that Joe Adele is going to come up and play a lot. Yeah, DVR. That's me. I mean, that's not to hate on Jared Walsh, but that's. No, hey, I, I, I'm in the midst of trading for Joe Adele in the Dynasty League right now. So, and by next week, I will announce that it probably did happen. But I, I think Jared Walsh went by that time when Adele comes up. Otani, uh, Pujols will get a little bit less time at first base. Walsh can move to first base. You know what I mean? I think Walsh is going to be in there every day. Think of him like a, a 2021 Tommy Edmonds circa 2019. Move him to play him. Play him to move him. They want him in the lineup. He can hit. I take back everything I said. I love Jared Walsh. I never consider. I never really considered Jared Walsh. I must have just missed the Jared Walsh buzz. Mm. This is this is one hundred percent my kind of player. Yes, sir. Look what yeah. he did in the minors. <laughs> yeah, that's look. what I'm looking at right, as I'm staring at right now. And now take a look at what he did last year in uh, in just what 120 plate appearances. Yeah, Jared Walsh is awesome. Jared I mean, Walsh he, is Jed Jerko. Hopefully better. Hopefully, hopefully better. Well, Jerko just got he got bounced around. You know, didn't really get a shot until that one year when he was awesome. I did uh, I did Sleeper on the Bus this past weekend with our friends Justin Mason and Jason Collette, both of which should get a sound at some point because I love them so. But the point was that we were talking about Nando and his proclivity to find the great guys like that. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, Jared Walsh is my favorite player in the world now. I'm just going to go going right to it. He's going to buy 20 Jared Walsh rookie cards. Yeah, they're coming. The Here we go. Exactly. DVR knows what's up. I mean... D- DVR, you don't you don't like the the walk rate. You don't like the the huge power numbers in AAA in 2019, and then 2020 coming up to the majors and kind of continuing in in that path. I like the player. I mean, I think the adjustments he made to his swing are legit. I think the power is real. I just think the playing time could be disappointing for reasons out of his control. It's a kind of a problem relative to cost. It's sort of like. Jake Cronenworth. I think Jake Cronenworth is a decent player. I think Jared Walsh is a decent player. But I think both of those guys are in situations where they can get squeezed out of everyday playing time and they become more like big side platoon guys, like 450 plate appearances instead of 550 or 600. And I think that makes a big difference. Uh, yeah, it does. It makes a huge difference. You're right. Um, I, I, I Actually, I should probably look deeper at his splits to see how he did against lefties. How did he do against lefties? I can take a quick look here. Man, Jared Walsh doesn't even have cards. Dude. There's Jared Triolo. Well, he doesn't have Bowman. I'll check tops. He he hit 324 against lefties in a very, very giant sample size of 34 uh, at-bats. Um, he's, I don't know, man. I, I, I've been buying, you know, in the XFL, I bought him. We Steve Gardner and I bought him for a buck. And we're super excited to keep him for probably about five years. Uh, DVR, uh, sticking with the Angels. I was, you know, I'm Franklin Barreto's. Actually, maybe Melissa Lockhart might be uh, up there with me. Um, but I'm one of Franklin Barreto's biggest fans in the whole wide world. And so I was looking at roster resource and just kind of going over, like, what scenario needs to happen for him to get 400 at-bats? I mean, Jose Iglesias and David Fletcher are penned in at shortstop and second base right now. Um, I, I don't know, man. Like, is 400, is like an over-under, let's say we get 162-game season and we can put these regular numbers out there again. Is 400 at-bats for Franklin Barreto uh, okay? He's got Jared Walsh-type numbers in the minors. Uh, it's possible. 
I think it's tricky because they also have Luis Renjifo. I wonder if they see Renjifo as a better hitter at this point. It's so hard to evaluate Barreto's time in the big leagues, though, because it's been scattered over four seasons, and it's never been a prolonged chance. It's fewer than 100 plate appearances in four different seasons. They've been horrible. 42.2% K rate, 3% walk rate. But the last time he was playing consistently at AAA in 2019, he was good. He was 15 for 16 as a base dealer. He popped 19 home runs. There's going to be swing and miss in Barreto's profile, though, because even when he was good at AAA with the A's in 2019, he had a 26.7% K rate. And that was his fourth different season spending time at that level. So I do think you have to kind of lower your batting average expectations for Barreto in the long run compared to where they might have been four or five years ago when he was a, a prospect. I, I think if he if he got 400 plate appearances, it wouldn't shock me, but I'm not expecting it either. I, I think he's more of an... He's not an up-and-down guy anymore because he's out of options, but I think he's more of a small-side platoon sort of player at this point. Are we uh, Are we okay with Jose Iglesias maybe getting 550, 600 at-bats after sure. the progression of his career and what he did last year? Yeah, I am. I mean, he was he was known as a sort of glove master, and he was. And I, I I don't even know what the metrics say now about his his glove, but he certainly had the reputation. And for him to hit the way he did last year in Baltimore was he was useful. He was actually useful. He was useful for the Orioles, and he was useful in our um in, in our game too. I mean, it, he was somebody who I was picking up last year, so I would definitely uh, I would definitely feel good about Jose Iglesias at shortstop. By the way, I told DVR this. Uh, I don't think I'm coming back for the Triple Crown. Got a lot going on this summer. No worries, brother. All right. I got you. I'll still call you, you halfway through the draft and ask if you've picked up Justin Upton yet. Um, I, I, and I will have. I, right. I will most assuredly have grabbed him. <laughs> are you? Are we still on him? Speaking of the Angels, uh, are we still on Justin Upton at all? I mean, I'm on Justin Upton from a, you know, end of the draft. Really cheap. Maybe. Yeah, sure. Why not? If you if you had it once, you could have it again. I mean, Fan Fangraphs uh, projections for him are twenty nine home runs, two twenty nine average, not so great, five stolen bases. But he always has that like four week run where I, mean, I don't know if he did last year because we didn't have the full season. But I, I, I sure at the end of a draft in a fifty in a fifty draft, taking him in the late twenties, I would guess is where he is being grabbed. I, I'm not opposed to it. All right, all right, cool. DVR, what about you? Yeah, DVR, chime in, man. We don't have to call on you here. Fifth or sixth outfielder for a 15-team league. I think that's where Upton is for me. I mean, going to play enough. Should have good counting stats. Still believe in the power. That batting average floor is low, but I also <laughs> would, I would take the over on 229. He's probably more of a high 230s, low 240s mm-hmm. type guy. He's been really dinged up the last, well, especially 2019. So I, I think if he's actually completely healthy, we could see another 230, 240 type season with 25 homers and a boatload of RBIs to go with it. He's being taken at 347 right now in drafts, high of 224, low of 495, right? So the 224 kind of skews things. So chances are he's probably being grabbed around 376 is what it says, actually. Um, so, yeah, man, I mean, it's fine. If, like I said, and like DVR just said, fifth, sixth outfielder in a 50 draft, great. Good, not great. No, I, mean, I, I don't know, man. I just feel like he could hurt more than he could help in some situations. Maybe. He'll, he'll help more than Masahiro Tanaka will if you pick Tanaka for your team. Oh, well, all right. Ian was right, everybody. 
Congratulations. Well, he just, he, went he back was right above. The end was right. He, well, <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up totally out of context. Well, no, it's just he's right above uh, he's right above Justin Upton on this list. Hey, by the way, I noticed that a uh, certain Ryland Bannon made it into the top 400 of the Dynasty rankings on RotoWire. Did he? 397. Did he really? Oh, wait, maybe he was 497 out of 500. Whatever, it was something 97 in the top whatever from our buddy. I think that was top 400 prospects. I don't think that was top 400. Uh, DVR, that's not a nitpick. <laughs> that's James Anderson. Ding! Yes. <laughs> boy, James. He, maybe he's listening to the show. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, I don't know if you want if you want to get into this labor strife issue, but I mean, I feel, I feel from the rundown, it's more rates and barrelsy. But yeah. Uh, yeah. the owners suck. The owners, there's like Eugene Friedman had a great thread on Twitter. The players have no obligation to open up anything for discussion. They went through it last year. They have protocols that work pretty well. Why should the players concede something when they have an agreement already in place? Right? Because if they go back to the table, then the league can do whatever it wants with the schedule and basically run 2021 the way it ran 2020. There's no reason for the Players Association to let that happen. I agree with that. I, I do agree with that. Men of the people. But I like the double headers. I think that's going to be fun. And in terms of the DH, universal DH, I really do hope it comes back. I mean, I I, I think I said this last week, but I think it's it's better. It protects them. It also it makes a better game as far as I'm concerned. Well, Heyman, I think it was Heyman who said that uh, on Twitter this morning or yesterday. The DH, you know, these these pitchers haven't hit since 2019. You know, like at the very least, I mean, and I'm sure by next year it'll be, you know, three years away, but whatever, like. It's the, like you said, it protects them. The, the, the NLDH helps these pitchers who could just be like a mess at the plate at this point. They're a mess at the plate anyway. I mean, I, I just more remember back. Do you remember when Andy Pettit was playing for the Yankees? They did interleague and he got hurt. It was like 2010 and he got hurt trying to steal second. I mean, not steal second base, but like scoring on something. And I was just like, what are we doing? Like, why are we doing this? Pitchers are, 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 Somewhat, I mean, not overall delicate humans, but for baseball players, like they're, they're not. I don't want to see, you know, Jacob Degrom sliding into second base. Like, why? Why are we doing that? Pitching is is dangerous enough, you know. Let's mitigate the risk. Yeah, and it, I, I mean, it, I just like seeing Austin add Riley to the game. Have val- I like these batters who have value? Yeah, well, that too. Yeah. I mean, there's it, it makes. It, it it makes the it makes the game more fun. It makes fantasy baseball more fun. They're not doing it for fantasy. They're they're just you know they're being they're playing politics with each other. But you know hopefully it will all work out. And how did you guys feel when when it looked like it might start at the end of April? Was that disappointing? 
I'm an advocate for the shorter attention span, so I'm good with that. Right. DVR, what about you? I do not want the season to start late. I want the season to start on time. I want the season to be 162 games, and I want the league to stop trying to ruin baseball. Well, I don't think they're trying to... I mean, do you think they're trying to ruin baseball? No, they're not trying to ruin baseball, but they they have this sort of negligence in their their way of kind of working with the players, kind of fighting with them, and just creating this PR nightmare for the game that I think a lot of people are getting sick of it. I think for casual fans, when half the headlines around baseball are labor issues, that's not good for the long-term interest in the game. Most people are not interested in this. That happened last year. I remember like this just stirred up feelings of like last June. Um, and I'm like, oh, man, no, everyone hates the owners and the players now. They can't get their stuff together. But then when the game started getting played, I, t- I totally forgot about it. I forgot about it until I started seeing the stuff again. So I don't know if that's any lasting kind of thing. Uh, people talk about it all the time. You know, it's like the people who say they're going to unsubscribe to the athletic because we did something. They never do. And not that I'm calling them out and testing people, but I mean, like, it's like, I'm never going to return to the game. And then, you know, Mike Trout's running around with a mask on and they love him again and everyone's in. Yeah, I, I will say it does have an effect. I remember personally, 1982, um, the heartbreak of as a 10-year-old boy realizing that they were stopped. Or 1981, I'm sorry, it was 81. 82 was just a really bad year for the Yankees. But 1981, when they had the strike, I was like, wait, what? What are you doing? And then again, in 1994, it was just like, you're messing with kids at the wrong time of their lives, you know, like get it, get it together, everybody. And I think they will. I think they're going to be fine. I think that the, the, you know, you try to squeeze people for value. Right. (laughs) And I think that that's what the owners were trying to do. They're like, let's get this expanded playoffs in. So we don't have to give anything up next year when the negotiations open up. I I think it's, I think it's, we're watching a fantasy baseball trade being played out. Looks like the the players are ready to start. The owners are going to let them play. They tried to get the extra draft pick. I'm making an analogy there. Didn't come through. Okay, let's move on. You know what I mean? I I think that's that's kind of how it feels to me. So I think that's the labor. I think that's our labor conversation. You think? Well, I'd like to add one thing that I think is very cool is like all the and not that I disagree with Heyman or anyone or Rosenthal or whatever, but seeing like Trevor Plouffe get into the conversation on Twitter, I think is a very cool look of where we are. In the, what did Trevor Plouffe say? Uh, he just said, you know, it, it was nothing. It was, it was innocuous. It was basically like the, he wasn't arguing. He wasn't. He was just kind of giving a point of view on, um, you know, he's an active guy on Twitter. I basically just mean like it's it's kind of cool to see like these reports and then a player just chiming in and being like, yeah, because you know, five years ago a player would have to be interviewed and you have to read that story in like the Baltimore Sun or whatever, and now it's like right on Twitter. Like here's Trevor Plouffe giving his thoughts on this labor strife and his point of view and a point of view that you know. Might have been glossed over in a report. No, you know, might have, no one have thought to ask some of these players to have these opinions. That's all I'm saying. I, th- I find it very interesting and cool. Cool, 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 cool. And you're starting your first uh, thing with Vicario this week, yes? Oh, you're moving that along, yeah? Ian, I am. You're trying to get a good word. You're going to anger some owners? <laughs> not a bit. Um, not not at all. <laughs> or listeners. Like, it or, sounds frankly, like to me. <laughs> nope, just moving on. But I am curious. So he does the first 30. Do you do you have any input on those first 30? Or it's like he runs the show, hands it over to you at pick 31, and then it's up to you to decide? Or do you guys discuss it? Oh, I have no input. I, I, I like to let him run the show, so he'll let me run my show, which he doesn't. Got He's got a little Ian Khan in him. But uh, <laughs> but you know what? Like, it's 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 fun this way. Like, I just I, I follow along. I keep an eye on stuff. 
But I'm like, by the time he makes like the 20th pick, so the way NFBC is set up with co-owners, I have to like, I'll get the alert and then I got to text him and be like, you're up. So for the next three weeks, our entire text conversation is going to be, you're up. And he's going to say, thanks. Gotcha. That's it. And then, you know, maybe I'll pop in and be like, you took a closer too early and he'll make a swear word. And but then, you guys do well in this, right? You guys, you oh, we guys win score? all the time. Yeah, it's great. Wow, awesome, man. That's we, great. It's like a, it's a ridiculous combination that works really well. So that's fun. Why don't you bring him into GDD, man? He was actually. He got very mad at me that <laughs> he wasn't going to show up one year, and so I brought Dane in as my my co owner. And he's oh, like, "Oh, you dropped okay. me. You dropped me for Dane." I'm like, "No, you weren't coming." Well, all right. <laughs> and then every year now, he makes jokes about me dropping him for Dane. There so, you go. Uh, yeah. Well. I was told Steve I might not come back for GDD. So that's all right. Maybe Dana McCarroll can be teammates. <laughs> that's true. That would be, be quite the mix. <laughs> it's tough, man. There's so many leagues, and and it's it's really hard. I had to. I, I just dropped out of my friends and family league. I may have mentioned that, but I dropped out of my friends and family league that I started. Uh, it's just too many leagues right now, and you know if you can't focus enough on the league, I'm finding I need partners now. In almost all Thank leagues, you. that's what I've been saying. Yeah, I think it. I think it. I think it adds. It adds to the experience. Like you got to find partners that you like. You got to be, you know, good friends with them. But like you, you know, if you if you find somebody that you can partner with, it also helps to talk things through and, and sort of say, eh, you know, it's yeah. it's very helpful. I really like it. Yeah, I, I really it's, enjoy it's, it. Well, I mean, you have partners everywhere already, don't you? Kind I of. You kind of like. Yeah, it's not like you've just discovered this. Well, no, but 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 I'm I'm like the the league that I'm doing with Brett Sarah right now is this really it's a thousand dollar a year buy in league and Brett and I joined together last year and we split the team because it was like we got invited into it. I got invited into it. I was like I don't really want to play a thousand dollar a year dynasty league because it's going to change my experience of like this is fun to actually this is a little bit of money and then I teamed up with Brett and we are having the time of our lives in this in this league like we're having so much fun. This is um, awesome. Yeah, it's great. And with Wilson Caraman, with Robert Mershak, ah, and with uh, James Anderson, ding, you know, we really do have, we really Alex do Alex Cushing have, in that league? Uh, Cushing is not in the James Anderson, ding, league, but he is in the Robert Mershak, ah, league. Um, and we, we, we had a good, we had a, we had a good talk last night, Alex and I. We really did. I'll tell you, DVR is in Wisconsin right now, just chewing his like fist. I'm sure of it. This like, show is going to be three minutes long. I hope you enjoy this three minute long show, everybody. <laughs> Let's talk about DVR's rankings. He just updated them yes. out on the site. Oh yeah, they're very popular. They're trending immediately. Updated at twelve oh one, trending by twelve twenty twelve forty nine on the entire site. DVR is a genius, guys. If you don't know, and if you're not following, like, well, you are because you're listening to the show. But we're so lucky. We're so lucky that we have DVR. He's just so darn good. Do you want to play a shout out to Corey Parson for inventing this game? Um, it was ADP roulette, but Ian, if you want to pick a number between one and 162, we can talk about whoever we land on there first. 118. Please. 118 and Derek Van Ryver's pitcher rankings. Uh, Ross Stripling. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Dave, would you like to pick another number? <laughs> no, he should I, be on the I, Angels. <laughs> it's actually good team. Be on the Angels. <laughs> that is like the perfect team for him to be on. <laughs> Oh my That's goodness gracious so me! I will I will say this that the Toronto Blue Jays have the pitcher that I think is the worst pitcher in baseball. This is so mean of me to say, but the worst pitcher who gets to pitch in the major leagues as a starter, Tanner Roark, 
having owned him last year in a league, in, a, in an only league, it was every time watching him pitch, it was just like it was just like watching a bug try to run away from like a big foot that you know is going to get squished eventually even though you're like getting away with it for like two innings you know the third is coming you got through the third you know there's a fourth inning coming you know what i mean and then eventually like a grape dvr would you like to comment on your rankings that we brought up i was just thinking about tanner rourke uh, and looking up his career ratios he's got a career 383 era and 126 whip both are much better than I would have guessed. Wow. Yeah. Because we, we talked about Jameis and Tyon last week or two weeks ago, right after that trade happened. Tyon, for his career, 367-125. I mean, so better, but not as much of a gap between those guys and their overall oh. bodies of work you'd expect. Didn't Tyon kind of come on late, though? I mean, we're, like, weren't we waiting for him and then his last three years before the injury was kind of like, oh, here he is now? Here's Jameis and Tyon? That's no, why I think he, people are surprised when they figure out how old he is. He was good when he showed up, though. Tyon had a 338 ERA and 112 whip as a rookie in 2016. He had a couple mm-hmm. of injuries that slowed him down, I think, in the minors. But you know, he's, he's got one he's pretty bad season. His 2017 was 444 and 148. It's pretty ugly. 2018 was huge. 18 was good. 19 was pretty good because the whip was still good, even though the ERA got up over four. Uh, anyway, I, I just think, yeah, Tanner Roark's one of those guys that... I don't think he had a lot of margin for error, but he had a couple of really nice seasons snuck in there that were high-volume seasons, too, in 2014 and 2016. Yes, but I, I'd be curious to know how his velocity has dropped in those years. Because, it, it I mean, and God bless him. Channer Rourke is a star human being, being able to make the major leagues and play in the major leagues all these years. I'm just talking about as pitchers age... Um, he strikes me as somebody who I don't trust, right? And who like it's like, oh my god, you know. And I I had to root for him for like a good solid four months. But in this in, on the list, DVR has Tanner Rourke at one five three out of one six two. Yeah, so, I, mean, I just know, noticed that too. He's pretty buried. Yeah, he's pretty buried. But you know, I mean, like if you had to pick Michael Waka or Tanner Rourke for this year, like I would actually, or Domingo Herman, who's in that in that area code, like. You know, I, I, there's no reason not to rank him at one. It, you know, on this list, he's going to pitch. But um, I kind of, I kind of like Michael Waka this year um, as a SP nine. You know, um, I think he might be decent, and Domingo Herman also. I take a know? shot on Waka. I like we had Waka on a couple teams last year, um, and it just didn't work out. But I don't think there wasn't enough time. I think a lot of these excuses for last year are going to be there just wasn't enough time. The guy I do like late in DVR's rankings quite a bit is Tanner Hook. DVR, what do you think of Tanner Hook? I don't really think he's going to be good uh, anytime soon, but there's plenty of opportunity there. The Red Sox don't have enough pitching. The scouting report's pretty good, right? Good fastball, good slider, decent command. I was surprised to see the walk rate as high as it was last year. But he walked guys at AAA in 2019 when he got there, too, over a pretty limited sample. So I'm just worried about the ratios being completely sideways. I think there's there's a path for him to be good. I like him more in keeper in Dynasty. and redraft, I think it's going to be a disappointing year. Uh, but Stripling, since he came up as part of Please. ADP Roulette... I mean, <laughs> Let's bring it back to the guy we're talking about an hour ago. Well, just just like look at the ratios he had year over year with the Dodgers. I know it wasn't as a full-time starter. It was always right. kind of being the swing man and splitting time between the rotation and the bullpen. Four consecutive years with an ERA 
under four. Three consecutive years with a whip under 120. Yeah. And I think we're a little quick to just throw out what... I mean, if if we're going to throw all that out because of 49 in the third innings in 2020, I think we're making a mistake. I know the projections I, I don't like him that much, but he's one of those guys who's outside the top 100 among pitchers who I think could pretty quickly pitch his way back into that, I don't know, 75 to 100 range and be pretty useful in deep mixed leagues again. I kind of agree with that. I kind of am I'm delighted that we we asked up that I that I picked 118. Can I pick another guy, DV, uh, Nando, that I want to ask him about? Of course. I mean, I assume this is, you're not guessing at numbers anymore. <laughs> no, I've got a guy that I want to ask him about. And we may have discussed him on the show before. It's hard to remember. But Adrian Hauser. I got into a phone call with somebody who was telling me that Adrian Hauser is the man. <laughs> You didn't even know like, who the call was with? I, I make a lot of calls. <laughs> I yeah, do, you have a a land, of calls. do you have a landline? No, I have a I have a cell phone that is is active. It's dangerous. Um, do you, what do you oh, man, Bluetooth? I, you don't seem like dude, a Bluetooth kind of guy. No, I'm I, well I have earbuds, 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 the the Apple stuff. No, I'm on the phone constantly and I'm making deals on these calls. Like I'm having conversations. I made so many trades in the last week. I thought that's what people would be annoyed by is me talking about trades. I made so many trades this past week that it was bizarre and fun because everyone's was back in baseball this past weekend because there was no more football, right? So everyone's like, "Oh, I should probably look at my team." And then the, everyone's putting up their trade blocks and I'm like, "Okay, welcome back everybody. I've been here the whole time." Yeah. Yes, I've been thinking this through. This might be a good fit for us. <coughs> so it was it was a great weekend. Oh, my God. I said to my wife, I was like, honey, I'm going to be in my office for the next three hours making trades. And I think I made five trades over the weekend. I think people like hearing about your trades because it gives a sense of value for a lot of these players. It, yeah, but the problem is so many of the trades in this particular, in these leagues have like salaries attached to them and keeper, you know, it's like people are tight on, like there was one trade I made where someone had, you can only keep 28 players in Devil's Rejects. So I sent the 14th pick in the draft for Garrett Hampson. And in this particular draft, because it's open universe, 14th pick doesn't really mean much. You know, you have that question later about like what draft picks mean in drafts. Depends on your format, right? I mean, if if people have been picking up Zach Veen and Spencer Torkelson years ago as they were getting hot, then there's, there's less value in the draft. This particular player has 32 players that he should keep. So we were talking about some of the guys at the bottom of his list. And I was like, yeah, but I don't want the guys at the bottom of your list. But a guy like right in the middle of your list would make some sense to me because I... And, you know, I'm excited about Dylan Moore, but I wouldn't mind having a little bit more depth at second base. And, you know, I can only keep 28 guys. I only have one, you know, I have, I'm only keeping 14 hitters. I would love to have a 15th hitter. And, you know, he was like, yeah, okay, I, I, I need to move guys. And that's something you should be looking out for. This is huge, actually. Right before keepers are kept, and that's coming up now, like scour your league, man. Like look and see who, who are the, who are the teams that have too many players because those are the guys you can make the best trades on matt eddie from baseball america just made a trade gave up a fifth round pick and a ninth round pick got back victor reyes and fifth round pick and a ninth round pick in this league is literally nothing and got back victor reyes jesus sanchez and franchi cordero to help fill up his guys because he didn't have 28 keepers so you know it's it's if you're not taking your time during this time to figure out the angles you're you're not playing the game to the best of its ability because this is the time to get rich in fantasy baseball. September and right around keepers. Well, can I just throw out, though? Like, I, So we're in the score sheet league. Ten keepers, uh, unlimited minor leaguers. You, they count you, like they back you up from the 36th round 
Um, you know, your, your first keeper's 36, your second's 35, then 34, whatever. But we're getting a lot of emails bouncing around like, hey, I'm looking for picks or prospects um, for these four players. And I know those four players are going to get cut. You know what I mean? So I, I'm in this place now where do I, you know, I've got a couple empty spots. Do I just go in with eight keepers and take those first two round picks that are, you know, six or seven people picking because everyone else is keeping their 10? Um, or do I maybe make a play for one of these guys that I might like um, and, you know, just get them off the market? That's that's I'm in a weird I'm in a weird spot with some of that stuff that you just kind of explained. That that's the that's the that's the key. So then you have to figure out like who's going to be available in that draft, and do you want those two extra picks? That's what you know. I mean, I, I don't want to let too much out of the bag, but that's kind of in one of my leagues right now. We're dealing with that very subject. I can't talk about some of the trades, believe it or not, because it's it's a little uh, crazy. But but you have to think about those things. And and is it Spencer Torkelson? Is that the first pick in the draft? Because if it is, you don't you want to have you could keep. Two guys, three guys, and get those early picks. You could you could decide to keep four guys, throw back the other four that you're sort of considering, and take those with your first four picks. Right. And then if someone else is there, you know what I mean? That's the kind of stuff you should be thinking about. You should be playing the game that way. You should be it's a th- it's that's the for me, one of the most fun parts about the game is the theory behind all this stuff. You can figure out what the other person needs. Then you can you can make your team better. That's that's why I get on the phone with people. It's not yeah, here. I got something kind of cool. I'm going to write an article about this fantasy because I've been playing some poker too. Like you know, for nothing. Like not even like it's not even legal to play in New York for money. So I don't. It's just like for fun. And the difference between poker and fantasy baseball is and, and trades in fantasy baseball dynasty leagues is in fantasy baseball in poker you get one person who wins the pot and one person who loses the pot right so one person walks away like oh my god i mean occasionally you'll have a split in fantasy baseball the job is your job is to get into a pot with somebody and make both of the teams better that's a fundamental difference and people are so keen on i'm going to screw this guy i'm going to win the trade it's like if you can do that fine then, you, but you're not going to trade with that guy again. Like, I, there's a guy who I cannot get back on the phone because last year there was a trade that worked out with so much imbalance. That's not what you want. I don't want that because now he's not going to take my call. I want to make trades that make both teams better. Focus on that in your deals. Don't just look up what works for you. Use the golden rule, yo. You're applying the golden rule to trades? Absolutely. Do, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Make a trade that makes them better. If like I, there's in XFL, I'm working a a deal where it would help the other player immensely if I make this trade, and it would help me and Steve immensely if we make this trade. That's what it's about. Yeah, I guess you're right. You know, I'm, I'm trying to think through my head. Like, am I getting ripped off by some people who I make good trades with? But we both win. Like Scott White is is really good at it. Um, and we both kind of walk away being like, yeah, it worked for both of us. That's what it has to be. That's what it has to be. And then and then it just comes down to... You don't want to be a sucker. No. It, it, suckers don't belong in the leagues. If you're playing if you're playing in leagues with suckers, they should go. Because it becomes less fun. It makes the, the league unbalanced. Imbalanced? Imbalanced. 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 Unbalanced? Imbalanced. We'll have to figure that out. DVR's been kind of quiet. I feel like we've dominated the show today. Anything you want to throw in there, DVR? It doesn't have to be in the rundown. No, I think it's a it's a good principle to not rip off other owners because, as Ian says, they will remember and you will not be able to deal with them later. And having fewer teams to deal with is going to make it harder. Uh, and I think the other thing you got to think about, too, is 
occasionally you may have to make a trade that at least on the surface looks like you're losing. I think in poker, yes. that's the, the giving action concept. Yes. And that at least draws people in. Like, hey, I can maybe work with this guy. I can actually come in and get a deal done. So it's actually a kind of a smart thing to do every once in a while. Like if you first join, this is a real under the radar, like don't tell your friends, join a dynasty league and make a, like you join the league, make your first trade, not very good one. Like you're getting 40% of the value. Like don't, you know, don't kill yourself, make it a small little trade, but then everyone goes, Oh, you're the mark. And then everyone comes after you and then you can play the game. You know what I mean? Don't give up too much value, but that's that's a use yourself that was as something bait. you could do. Say again, use yourself as bait. Yeah, not not a bad thing to do. I mean, if you if you keep winning every trade, it's like in again in poker. Like if Phil Ivy is sitting at the table, every time he raises, everyone's like, "I'm out. I don't want to play with that guy." You want to avoid that. You gotta you gotta play the game. And and sometimes I, I love what DVR just said about sometimes give a trade that looks bad, but actually is really quite good. You know, like that last year, I'm bringing up this trade again because I think I'm going to bring it up for the rest of my life. Trading Charlie Blackman and Charlie Morton for the first pick in the draft at the time looked insane to people. And they were like, what are you doing? You're going for the championship and you're doing that. Yeah, but I'm building value for the future. Now, had I not been a Yankee Homer loser oh, and taking no Jason Dominguez, I say it about no, me. About this come, no, stop no, it. About, no, just about this. No, about this. I can absolutely say it because it's true. Because what I should have done is taken CJ Abrams with that first pick or Andrew Vaughn with that first pick. I took Jason Dominguez with that first pick. Let's imagine I took CJ Abrams for a minute. I still have the fourth pick, took Rutschman. But let's imagine I took CJ Abrams. Who do you rather have right now? Charlie Blackman and Charlie Morton or CJ Abrams? And that's one year out. So a trade that looks bad now can look remarkable later. And that's what you're going for if you're playing in Dynasty Leagues. Who would you rather have? C.J. Abrams, man. Oh, really? I, I kind of like the Blackman Morton side. C.J. Abrams is remarkably good. Yeah, I know. I, I got a comp this week from Ralph Lifshitz when I spoke to him on the phone um, that he, he was saying that he's Mike Trout. I was like, he's not Mike Trout. He's like, he's really good, Ian. I was like, he's not Mike Trout. He doesn't have the body type. And they said, okay, how about Mookie Betts? I was like, yeah, maybe, actually. Mookie Betts sounds right. I mean, seriously, C.J. Abrams is going to be that good. C.J. Abrams is awesome. But he's not there yet. No, he's 19. And I mean, Charlie Blackman's entire lineup has been destroyed. Charlie Blackman is is like so chugging to the finish line. I mean, he's going to finish his contract and then he'll sign AL and be a righty hitter off the bench and his beard will be down to his knees. Yeah. And Charlie Morton, I mean, you're selling low if you're getting rid of him right now, right? I mean, Charlie Morton just got moved for a, a third round pick in that same league, right? In 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 it not not that league that I made the trade in, but in in the league that I got Hampson for the first, Charlie Morton got moved for a third. So that's about what he is, right? He's he's you know three steps above Cole Hamels at this point. He's two steps above Adam Wainwright. He's at the he's at the tail end, you know. He's at the tail end. He might be good this year though. Certainly in the playoffs, he'll be ready. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
Spotify. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. What's this Rockies infield going to look like, DVR? In like in, in, in a month. I think it's going to be story because they can't trade him. Every day it's short. McMahon is the regular at third. Rogers as the regular at second. Hampson in super utility, getting plenty of playing time. And if they don't add some veteran, I guess we're looking at Josh Fuentes at first base. Is that? I don't think that's how it goes. Is that going to happen? Like, what are they going to do at first base? I think it goes. Uh, I think it goes. McMahon at first, Rogers at third, Hampson at second as an everyday player. And that's what I want to see, but I guess I don't trust them to execute a plan that makes that much sense. It's <laughs> 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 fair, but I think that's I think that's why they make that deal. And now you, you man, Ramel Tapia going to get every day at bats, pretty much for sure. Hilliard, your man, DVR is going to get every day at bats and then Blackman. I mean, I, I look, the, the problem with the Rockies is, that, and, and they have Desmond who can play first base some too, but the, the problem with the Rockies will always be that they just can't have, they, they, they just can't, there's just no pitching. There's just no pitching. You'd love to see if Herman Marquez, if Herman Marquez gets traded to, let's say the Minnesota twins, how high does he, how, where is he in your rankings now, DVR? And how high does he go? If Marquez gets moved, twins are picking up a lot of hypothetical players in the show today. That's true. Yeah, good for them. But if Herman Marquez, you have him at 72, if he were to leave Colorado, how high would he go? 22? <laughs> would you go Would you go that high? Well, I mean, it's at least in his range of possibilities. Certainly, yeah. I he, agree. He, he's I good. His oh, stuff is yeah. good. Yes. He is not the problem. It is impossible to do well in Colorado as a pitcher in the long run. It just is. Like you <laughs> it can, is. You could pull the Ubaldo Jimenez from... Oh, nine. <laughs> if, if you got that right, I'm going to be so deeply impressed. You can pull that once in a while, like once a decade or maybe once a century. We'll see seasons like that. But it is just not how things are going to go in the long run. And, and their their failings are, are deep in terms of how they develop players and the approach they use with their pitchers in that ballpark. None of it makes any sense. I mean, the Rockies are run by uh, a person who would be the worst fantasy owner in your league the day he joined. <laughs> So <laughs> I'm going to just tell you, it was his monster year was 2010, but 2009 was certainly quite good, too. All right, 2010 big, was, the, was the really good year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was fun. I had him in a keeper league back then, and it was pretty obvious to everybody. is like, that's great, but he's not doing this ever again in this ballpark. It was when Mike Hampton had a five-year, $105 million deal and went there and just could not survive. It was like, all right, yeah. It's not going to happen. I mean, nobody can do it. It's it's just you, you can't do it, and I don't know how you I don't know how you fix it. I mean, I don't think there's a way to fix it. I think, and I think that's what Colorado is sort of learning. I I don't I don't know. I mean, what, do you guys hate the Arenado trade? I kind of hate the Arenado trade. And if I was a Colorado Rockies fan, I cannot. I, yeah, I mean, at least I saw it coming. You know, like at least it's been like yeah. a year and a half in the making. Yeah, I wish that Nolan Gorman went back in the deal at least. It just disgusts me because they're Ooh, they're sending money. 
they gave him to a team that wasn't doing anything that now is the favorite to win its division. And they did so poorly for themselves getting talent back that they they missed an opportunity to make their organization better. If you're going to trade a superstar like that, your team should be better afterwards. Their team is worse. Congratulations, Jeff Bridich. <laughs> See, it's rare. It's rare to get the anger from the ciabatta, right? It's rare to hear the DVR sort of break out and say, "I'm the I, I'm the fillet." Um, he's but and I was like, "Why is he so mad?" And I went, "Oh yeah, the Brewers. Like this hurts the Brewers' chances of making the playoffs." Oh, really? Do you sure. think that's what it is? Yeah, that's I do. that's part of it. But there's also just the general. This is not what you do if you're in charge of a baseball team. This is not how <laughs> trades are supposed it's, to work. It's it's, really he not. thinks he's a genius. Like read some of the quotes from Jeff Bridich. The guy thinks he's brilliant. This is great. What else can we get mad about while we're doing this? It, well, we could talk about Ken Giles and those emails. I did go back and listen. Uh, he said those Will, are funny for him. This is like really passionate, angry DVR. You no, know, he was really passionate and angry about him. That's why it was so funny. The emails. Um, I do miss OOTP. but uh, yeah, well, it's no, on you. You're the you were supposed to bring it back. Yeah, probably. Uh, it's it's it really is it really is uh, sad if you're a Colorado Rockies fan. I have some friends in Colorado, and it is really hard to be a Colorado Rockies fan. Though, you know, the thing that we've been yelling at them about, they're going to give the kids a chance to play, you know, which is pretty exciting. I also read something, Nando, that's going to make you super happy. All right. Clint, they're talking about uh, Brian Cashman in a very revealing interview this weekend, kind of took Gary <laughs> Sanchez to task and sort of said, you know, because Sanchez came out and he said, you know, I don't know why I was sad at the end of the season. Like, it was never really discussed with me. And Cashman was sort of like, yeah, it kind of was discussed with you. And if you want to know why you weren't playing, like, you lost your job because you were bad. And you were really bad on both sides of the ball. That's why you weren't playing. I have high hopes for Gary moving forward, right? That that was interesting to me to see Cashman kind of, you know, slapping around. But then the thing he said about Brett Gardner was even more interesting. He he basically said Clint Frazier is their starting left fielder for the New York Yankees next year. That's what we like to see. I thought you'd be pleased. I'm very much. Yeah. Yeah. And it it made me it made me actually go to one of my leagues and say, who owns Clint Frazier? I might want to go buy myself some Clint Frazier right now. It's not the Which worst is, idea. Yeah, it was surprising. And then I went, yeah, I'm not going to do that. It's too late, though. Once they, I mean, everyone's everyone's read that. Everyone's you know sees every news site and reads it, and it's you know there's nothing going on right now, so. No, and the second they click on Clint Frazier, it's going to show up, and they're going to have the notes in there too. So it's true, it's true. Yeah. Do 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 we know do, what do happened to not ripping people off? Well, that, I I didn't say I was going to call and get Clint Frazier and rip him off. What I just said I'll be watching him on John Halpin's not going to get ripped off. John Halpin's a great owner, and John Halpin is who owns it, uh, who owns Clint Frazier. No, no, what what I want to ask is, do you guys know how Gold Gloves are decided? Because the idea that Clint Frazier was up for a gold glove in right field for the New York Yankees last year. I watch him play. He's not a gold glove. He's a copper glove. We should end it. We should be. All right. Thank you all for joining us. Oh, right. It's 1230. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, no, no, don't even worry about the time. I just on that pun. <laughs> I couldn't think of a better with lead glove. I mean, he's really not good in right field, guys. <laughs> no, he's definitely not the kind of player you'd expect to see as a finalist for that award. No, <laughs> it reminds me of when Rafael Palmeiro won the Gold Glove and was a DH the entire season. It's like what? And he won the gold, first base Gold Glove. I don't remember what the year was, but it's true. Look it up. It happened. the uh, The winners are determined from voting by the managers and coaches in each league, and they're not permitted to vote for their own players. 
But Those who, are the how are the finalists, right? Yeah, how are the nominees? Sort of, you know. That's a good question. Who nominates the nominations? I don't know. I'll have to look into that some more. All right. All right. Maybe for next show. Leave that dangling for the next show. If you know the answer, uh, fantasypods at theathletic.com. Love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, there's a sabermetric component, too, from Saber that factors in. Is there really now? Yeah. Is he better than he looks? Because he just looks like... <laughs> I'm not going to say the kid's name. Yeah, I mean, leave, leave. All right, let's go. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go, everybody. Time to go. Thank you Time for joining us. We, uh, yes. we hope you had a good time. <laughs> for the man who's selling all his Joe Ryan cards who doesn't actually have... <laughs> I'm not shorting Joe Ryan cards, all right? Let's let's be real. For the man who's going to come back next week with 16 new sounds for all the fantasy industry, Ian Khan. That's right. Uh, I like you. Bye. See you next time. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us. We hope you had fun. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Good talk. Good talk.